Hey Atul, welcome to Bangalore. Thanks for having me here, Subhu. All right. So uh, it's been a while. We are trying to sync the schedules and try to get it, make this happen. Actually, uh, so so one of the things which my, before we start the show, you are saying that you no, know, we will try to kind of uh, uh, do a show around in terms of various observations around open source this year. Yeah, that that is the plan. So I yeah. have a, a list with me right now, as you can see. All right. So <laughs> let's get started then. Yeah. So. <laughs> first and foremost like uh, in year 2017 uh, we saw like you know the rise of kubernetes the cloud orchestration technologies open sourced by google developers uh, according to the new stack research there are around 32 plus startups just trying to solve the same problem of making kubernetes better mm-hmm. you know orchestrating so so this kind of reminds me of an era where you know people or the startup used to do something similar with OpenStack. So it's, I, I see the whole, you know, thing happening it again for Kubernetes. Okay. So that is like one of the things which right. I'm seeing towards. Okay. So I, I think I mean, I, I've not been into much of this uh, a container or orchestration part that much. Uh, I mean, off late, I've just recently started one project. I just thought okay you no know, we will just do a little bit of a devil's advocate uh, towards your view in terms of like you said like it's kind of overboarding overboarding no i mean not overboarding it's like it's a fascinating technology and it's trying to solve a, uh-huh. a problem which is the infrastructure right and and you know basically orchestrating right right yeah right and then like a single bullet to solve all your problems right yeah so yeah it is a good thing let's see okay So so end of the day is it going to be a, a war between a docker swarm and kubernetes would be the ideal like i mean like that's the kind of a trend we are seeing here right yeah the way things are moving uh, seems like kubernetes is going to be the de facto standard winning yeah yeah and uh, so i the, see if one of these discussions which we uh, often have around this when we are taking a big monolithic application and then when you just try to take something like a, a domain driven kind of a design where you want to just dissect them into smaller functional modules and then you want to deploy them i think more or less every dev is now moving towards a direction where they want to deploy them multiple functions right so each functions becomes a container and over the period of time if you have an application which is like 50 60 uh 50 60 functions and they all becomes like in each individual containers right so do i mean so it is like naturally there is in a market where uh, like typical in a large enterprise if you look at it where each teams will have multiple applications which are going in multiple functions and stuff like that so there is naturally a fit for uh, uh these kind of orchestration platform wherein which just allows you to you know deploy multiple containers monitor them uh see the status of them how it is running or how well they are running in or like if one goes down can the platform as as in can it can spin off in another container and stuff like that totally <clears throat> so so when you you brought in an interesting point because i i mean i was i'm not much into uh, the the containerization part of it yet but i've been recently started around this so but i was been i've always been a big uh, proponent of open stack or as i had a huge interest in open stack and stuff like that so but do you feel that open stack kind of uh, lost its direction where because of uh, 
uh, or it is, is this like too many vendors got into the platform and they moved into a direct different directions where uh, they they are not as focused as like uh, uh, mesos or kubernetes and these guys uh, i would say like too many vendor uh, getting involved means solidifying the project but again as you know like uh, in open source if if you have too many vendors they have their own interests right All so right. Yeah. that results into focusing on one particular part which you know excites them or probably to you know get that part of the stack to go out and get standardized so okay and i mean we are seeing the same in kubernetes as well right so it's yeah. it's not only with open stack whatever right. technology comes as a it becomes open source and then you know vendors come and and vendors i mean in the end they have to sell as well right okay so so basically is the governance or the you know the technical committee they have to basically be at their toe to okay ensure that you know everything is happening in a right so i mean like given the last couple of years if we look at it like the the amount of growth which is happening both in terms of contribution or as well in terms of uh, as taking kubernetes to the next level or like <clears throat> building a better community and everything if you look at it so can we say just kind of at this point of time kubernetes is kind of becoming a de facto standard for orchestration totally i mean see what what microsoft is doing right <laughs> microsoft is love i mean microsoft loves linux so what there's a new i saw some stickers on twitter sometime back and okay and and they recently acquired a a uh, couple of startups which were uh, i think open days uh, they acquired so uh, again there is a vested interest right microsoft has to sell azure and and no one is going to buy i mean when i'm saying no one i mean not everyone is going to buy the microsoft stack which is .net or or sql server right True, yeah. so so to be out there in the market they have to i think the, like they're kind of positioning themselves into a kind of a multi vendor cloud platform they have to do yeah, there is yeah. no other option right yeah, because yeah. they are uh, miles behind amazon ah. and then they have google there yeah the the biggest advantage is microsoft as a cloud platform or azure as a platform is like they have all those uh, previous associations you know mm-hmm. with the government or with the enterprise where they've been selling sql server or 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 getting licenses for operating system windows and true and so so essentially um, i mean what you're what you're saying is that basically like if i am a microsoft house and then uh, i would like to go for some kind of on a microservice deployment and if kubernetes is not there in my offering then people will move away from azure which to retain them i will start adopting in azure platform as well as just have an ability to run kubernetes or docker swarm or anything like is is that Warriors. Yeah, I mean, as a customer, <clears throat> I would like to have all the options, right? right yeah. And if if Microsoft is not giving me that, then definitely I'll move out of More, Microsoft. Yeah, right. So it's fear of missing out, <laughs> and at the same time, ensuring that the existing customer stays on the platform is okay. what resulted Microsoft in getting its toes inside Kubernetes, which right. is so surprising, right? Okay. So uh, you, I mean, before we start the show, you were also suggest- you were telling me that you know, there are a couple of uh, other interesting. uh startups which are coming into this orchestration area and stuff like that so i mean there is there is haptio uh, the, the one of the co-founders or the guy who wrote kubernetes okay. ex googler is now part of it uh-huh. uh, even one of the co-founders or i mean or one of the guys who wrote 
early codes for Kubernetes works for Google. I mean, works for uh, Microsoft now. Oh, okay. So, so it's so interesting, right? Uh-huh. That the whole the way, as you asked, right? You know, the whole ecosystem around or becoming the de facto standard. So Kubernetes is definitely there because you know all those people from every vendor side uh-huh. are. Are into it. Yeah. So I mean, like essentially, what we are seeing here is that as enterprise move towards uh, building a lot more native cloud applications, they are going to uh, they are going to just build a lot more applications which are like functions, and they are going to go become microservices. True. And as these microservices grow much larger in number, we need to have these orchestration platforms which has got market which is like more than one vendor out there to. Essentially, totally. grow and totally stuff. yes. Yeah. So that's is. Can we say that is pretty much the story of Kubernetes in 2017? <laughs> uh, I one is like like you said, no building an excellent community, which can just. Uh, I mean, I, I, at least I've not seen Google's involvement much in terms of uh, building the core platform as it is. Uh, with the Kubernetes side, uh, I mean um, there are equal number of contributors. Red Hat is there. Yeah. There's many other yeah. uh, companies there. Yeah. And I also uh, see wherein like Docker, where they were just kind of uh, building this firewall of other vendors who can contribute to the Docker Swarm standards and stuff like that. I mean, so that's why uh, Open Cloud Initiative is that. Yeah. This came up with some OCI where like Docker is not the only defo- defect. Okay. Uh, standard as a as a container platform i mean i'm not okay all right cloud native foundation Co- the, the kubernetes is part of uh, yeah. cloud native foundations yeah, yeah so, so they, they are ensuring that there is not one there's no monopoly kind yeah. of a thing even if it's an open source project. right so i think that is also essentially to some extent uh, it is slightly getting an edge out of docker swarm or something like that yeah I mean, I, I don't know what Docker Swarm is and, and what it does. Yeah, because Docker, I, I have not defined Okay, yeah. So the Docker Swarm is essentially an equivalent offering of Kubernetes, wherein you can have like multiple Docker containers, which can just use a single API to just orchestrate, schedule and everything. So it's essentially this equivalent offering from Docker, uh, apart from image and stuff like that. So how you can take it to the next level. If you're in that platform or something. Like I mean, so. uh, Docker as a company is going through a lot of transition. Yeah. The, the CEO has moved out. Uh, even the co-founder uh, is now, I think, from the CTO position, he has moved to uh, some board member's position, if I'm not wrong. So, okay, okay. So as a company, they're evolving. Oh, okay. As a product, I would say definitely they are better now. They are more stable uh, okay. as a container platform. As a container, yeah. So, so, so it's just the only thing is there's a lot of uh, times when we discuss about this, it's just a little bit of confusion happens like between between Kubernetes and Docker, they'll, they, they, though Docker is something which get, gets you started on the containerization, but once you move on to the deployment, production ready or orchestration, monitoring and schedule, I think Kubernetes kind of uh, right now taking an edge around. Uh, yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a Kubernetes hype in the market. Let's see how <laughs> long it goes. I mean, we, we have come through this journey, this uh-huh. hype journey, OpenStack, okay. then Docker, then Kubernetes. Let's see what's next. All right. So I, that is where I just want to play a little bit of devil's advocate. Yeah. So you're saying it is more of a hype. What I'm just trying to say is that it's more of a community governance and Google's R&D effort of uh, over the 15 years or something like that, which they have been trying to build, put behind. Uh, when I'm saying hype, I'm saying in a, in a better way. But, okay. I'm right. not saying in a... In, in a, a negative way. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. 
I got it in the other technology has a hype cycle right okay every one or like every two or three or you'll have one technology coming and shaping the yeah. whole yeah. like from Nokia to Apple yeah. to Samsung right <laughs> on the phone we are seeing True. yeah so 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 uh, from here i mean what is the, what is the other technologies which you have uh, observed which is like kind of gaining yeah, momentum I mean, in 2017 uh, 2017 was so much about ai deep learning okay. and 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 we saw like the recent you guys also covered the recent amazon, yeah, amazon announcements, announcements yeah, yeah. like i mean last year we been we did about three shows on which can cover ai around consumer tech mm-hmm. uh, we didn't go much about in terms of uh, the the neural part and other sides actually so uh, i mean w- what are your observations in terms of like uh, so how how do you see uh, do you see market adopting ai in all kinds of products adopting them in a way or uh in 2017 uh definitely like you know after amazon giving a push for this whole ai deep learning and all those platforms enabling inside amazon web services definitely it will help to grow uh but again we have to see like do we really need ai everywhere do we really need deep learning everywhere i mean it's turning out to be like a you know a must have in a powerpoint presentation or a or <laughs> open office presentation okay. or or as a pitch that you know uh-huh. our technology is powered with ai and deep learning okay. and all they are doing is just a chatbot like uh, no i'm talking about you know the startup scenarios mm-hmm. when when there is a mobile app or a or a or application where like you know you have someone coming to you saying hey we have built this on top of deep learning or, or artificial intelligence do we really need it like are we over engineering that is my question okay so i mean like just to give a balanced view yeah. uh, what i feel is that when we are adopting a technology um so it is slightly there are ways where we can utilize the technology it could be probably not end up into productizing in the same way how we are incorporating them uh it could be something for example uh, the image recognition what the social networks are building in it probably ne- may not necessarily end up in identifying cats and dogs at the end of the day but i- 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 just imagine a scenario where uh, tomorrow pinterest or uh, facebook building their own image recognition which can differentiate image between radiology and stuff like that so i think probably right now uh the, the 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 training part which with the help of the data which is happening but we are in the very early, early stages of, of it. Uh, yeah I mean, so but it, compared to china yeah <laughs> right yeah, like absolutely. they already have like facial recognition and you have the cameras and they can recognize yeah. who you are yeah so so the, i i i feel i mean like though it might like you pointed out it might be little um, uh overboarding at this point of time but just mixing that technology with your existing offering can just possibly lead you into Definitely. into a def- different dimension altogether yeah, yeah totally i mean take yeah. an example like uh, uh you have a mobile app where uh, you go post pictures right say instagram uh what if i build a app on top of instagram which can give me enough information about a particular you know a user and his f- food habit and then basically mapping with that picture with the you know the what health calories or or what he's eating mm-hmm. so here you have like the image you are with the image recognition or the models which you have built you are extracting the information and then you are feeding it 
to the another system where you are just giving the overall health related yeah. nutrition value on top of yeah it. i mean like this whole uh, image recognition itself we can take up a lot of use cases actually like that's i remember seeing a couple of companies from uh, stanford uh, just running through uh, image recognition around fields which can just take a image of all the garbages or any other farm which basically can distinguish between what are the yields it can come out with the the health of the crop or they can do predictive analysis and stuff like though uh, i mean initially when we look at some of the use cases what social networks were projecting i mean it was we were just kind of trying to understand like how does it really help in terms of to find out whether the social networks are recognizing whether it is a cat or a dog but right now if you look at it they the, the smaller thing uh though it just looks like an, a small uh, imaging solution it's just getting into like uh, like the healthcare or like uh, improving form and other things so i feel uh, i mean like absolutely i agree with you there are a lot of people who are overdoing it uh, one could be like you said no there could be just to kindle interest to make their product promote and stuff like that but there are there are genuinely there are a lot of players in the market just yeah, trying not, to i'm not yeah. i'm not at all denying that all yeah. i'm saying is like uh, at this point of time it's a lot of interest definitely yes are there the, i mean is there in the market but a lot of it is like full of noise right i mean you go to a, a conference i i recently attended one actually and everyone was doing ai everyone was doing deep learning and i was like what exactly are you doing what is the use case what problem are trying to solve most of them didn't have an answer okay Again, i mean that, it's, it's, that it's is a very small sample case so yeah. and I'm, i'm going to be wrong here and i'm happy to be wrong it's again my way of seeing it you know yeah no I, i absolutely i don't deny because the, i have also i've been seeing is there are a lot of people use ai to even do the kind of a ui study and stuff like that just kind of overkill at times that could be some something like in a custom algorithm or on a like a custom functions which you write can also take that automation part and stuff like that but i also see an another trend wherein uh, there are a lot of exploration happening there are like companies which are coming out with an application which can just target data uh text related uh, yeah text or image and other things where just the application is not monetizing or anything they're just trying to utilize and put uh put the application out so that they can gather a set of data which can they can utilize them in and monetize that into a product in a different stage and stuff like that there are some amount of misunderstanding in terms of understanding these trends also is there is something is what i was just trying to uh, yeah totally i i'm with you on this i mean <laughs> i'm thinking through the same lines it's yeah. not that i'm saying Yeah, yeah there, there is definitely a lot of noise and there are some positives as well uh, emerging totally, in this trend totally totally maybe 3 to 4 year down the line we will see some real use case coming up uh, i would say happen. by end of 2018 should be yes <laughs> see over ambitious <laughs> uh, other than that uh, i'm also seeing all these uh, cryptocurrency related news all on twitter and you know the price of bitcoin ethereum and all so i i i have no opinions about it because uh, <laughs> i have not purchased anything which is a cryptocurrency uh, nor i want to get into it uh, my philosophy is life pretty simple very simple don't waste your time on thing that doesn't excites you okay so 
I have no opinion and I have, and I have no interest in it. Yeah, I I mean I stay away from fintech. <laughs> I am I have my, my I don't have any predictions as you said. But I have looked at blockchain couple of years back when it came into existence so, so in 2014 or something. Blockchain is totally different from cryptocurrency. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. Yeah. And so. and and again blockchain is again something similar like the whole buzz around blockchain is something similar like we are seeing or hearing about ai and deep learning yeah. <laughs> uh, how many companies are using blockchain with you know the real use case mm-hmm. there would be few but we are hearing so much about blockchain okay <laughs> I, i'm i'm hoping to find someone next year who gonna sit with me and explain okay ins and outs of blockchain <laughs> okay that is like one of the action items i have for next year <laughs> all right understand the block, blockchain technology okay so i mean like so i mean uh, the cryptocurrency is on a super hype cycle like uh, i said but uh, uh, my interest was around blockchain couple of years back and i looked at it when it came initially and uh, but uh, i mean it was not something related to the domain which i work or anything like that so i didn't had much of an interest to go much deeper or anything apart from just understanding in terms of at high level what it is trying to solve and stuff like that so i feel that is kind of blockchain is kind of a thing is going to stay for a longer time uh, it could be it might takes a little bit of a while for companies to figure out how to build solutions around that as well governments could play a big role around that but other than that cryptocurrency can you buy me a bitcoin i'll ask <laughs> and neither i have one nor i want to buy <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so i mean the, did uh, did uh, the bitcoin move from somewhere around some $1000 to $17000 the end of i mean this entire year like i have no idea yeah, but but there was a lot of noise around price going high and coming yeah, down right. and and all those things yeah. and then there's also news that koreans are buying bitcoins as okay. in the king king jong un <laughs> oh okay <laughs> <laughs> So probably Korea behind a Bitcoin price price hike. I don't know. Yeah, God it's knows. like I mean, like these, uh, like it is like kind of a, uh, in the the stock trading, right? Like I mean, there's just one day, it just based on a hype cycle, it just moves, and then the next day, uh, it just crashes. <laughs> But with stock, there is a value added, right? Yeah, an true. Enterprise. Yeah, there's a real business behind. Yes. Yeah, true. That's true. So. Uh, also it's it's good to say that you know open source is uh, totally out there and you know more and more companies are using open source technology uh, can, can we say they're only using open source now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no i won't say that because there are many proprietary pieces involved as well okay uh, so the thing is like a uh, good open source has a foot inside most of the enterprises but but getting a workforce or a smart talent mm-hmm. to work on open source technology is a challenge and uh, we are seeing more and more uh, companies you know opening doors with their own open source internship programs which essentially is basically get freshers early days in their college and train them to their stack so once they are fresh out of college they are already aware about the technologies which when they are joining these enterprises they mm-hmm. will have to work on so it's a smart move 
but on a longer run, uh, when it comes about the overall ecosystem or a community, I would expect enterprises to be doing more. Like Google Summer of Code, where like, you know, uh, so many open source organizations participate. Uh, uh, women who code. I mean, there are many organizations. So I hope we get to see more and more involvement of these enterprises as a donor, as a, you know, as a contributor to these cause to get this thing going. Mm-hmm. Not only restrict to, hey, because I use Ruby on Rails, so I want to tell these kids in this engineering college to only learn Ruby on Rails. Right? Mm-hmm. Or, or if my stack is Python, then I would expect these 10 kids whom I'm supposed supposingly going to hire once they're out of college to only focus on Python. So, so that's not a good thing. True. Yeah. And, 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 if, and if you're talking about Python or if you're talking about open source technology, why don't go sponsor open source event which is happening in your city or in your country? Why not foster and tell the world that, hey, we are the companies, we are doing open source and we are doing it in Python. Mm-hmm. And, and this is our, you know, we are giving it back to the community. Okay. I mean, I've been, I've been seeing, it, it, it's turning out to be a trend. You know, every year, one or two open source event, after announcement, they'll shut it down because they didn't have enough sponsors. Oh, okay. Yeah, this Python event in Pune, they're not organizing it because they, they were not able to raise enough sponsorship money. Mm-hmm. So, so why not these companies who are announcing on their behalf that, you know, we are doing uh, or we are going to hire developers or we are going to have our own open source internship program. Why don't they go and, you know, help the cause here? It will be better for overall community. Right. Okay. So, so, so well, that, I mean, like in other, other way to look at it's also, do you also see a challenge for devs these days because like the, the rate at which uh, the libraries and frameworks are spinning off from one project to another on any area, like on the server side or like whichever stack you look at it, is it is this a lot more difficult for devs to be, you know, in, in terms of being on top of this and then switching their switching them as the industry moves around. Because if you look at earlier, if you learn Java or C Sharp, that you had a longevity of about three, four years, at least bare minimum, where you will be able to utilize the skill and then you, know, uh, you can go reach a peak and then it can just goes down and then you go along with that and can reskill yourself. But if you look at today, uh, if you take Node.js, there are like some that, 300, 400 libraries are there on every area you look at it. I mean, like, be it in the server side or like you're like... Like the React controversy, Vue.js yeah, coming yeah. up. So if I just, I'm an AngularJS today, then will I go to Vue.js or will I go to React? And then, is it also... Is it yeah, it's, it's a decision paralysis. Yeah, we have so, got too many options and... Yeah. And, and, again, and there is no longevity the, as well. Yes, for, true. So you have to keep innovating and outpacing yourself. And to be out there in the market. And for devs who are working in this kind of a service-based uh, 
end of industry like ours is not like a really what you see in silicon valley where uh, you bet on a product like which is like no, even if it is even the framework or library is not adopted much and then if they have like five six customers who are there but you will still continue to iterate release and then you probably rebuild the project or library into something else but our uh, the setup here what we have is like primarily driven by services organization yeah people are still using php yeah so and uh, those uh, how from a php if he tomorrow gets out i don't see a parallel track for the dev to go anywhere actually because he, he doesn't have a skill to he'll not be able to code in node or he'll not be able to code vue js or like i mean probably there'll be a learning curve yeah uh, which will be longer and uh, more challenging True. compared to just being in the same php and, kind of and is that one of the reasons why do you feel these companies are not able to uh, go in a direction like what you anticipate like if you look at in us if uh, there are companies like google or uh, other like even a startup which is want to adopt a technology stack they bank on that stack because they go with one vendor actually right so for a longer duration as here we have like something like i have 15 customers each one working on different stack and where do i train these guys i mean i train some guy and in 6 months or 7 months and that framework is gone i mean like is this kind of a endless cycle where this company yeah that's how it going to run yeah. yeah and it and i see this is not only in the front end or in the middle tier on the back end it's just every stack this kind of a race is happening like you said no the kubernetes side or the ai or like if you look at the front end development like angular or react or any of this and there is a native uh, application that you can build so i this is like is, is it it's it not going to be extremely challenging for the services organization in india to even at least to i i i see there are a lot of kids who are getting out of college are completely lost because they don't even know where to start apart from understanding ejb or uh, or, a, or a traditional yeah because our syllabus still teaches them yeah. c sharp and, and exactly and which is like completely if you are like in a college lucky you are pick up c c++ you have some kind of a base where you you are like your 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 skills are like kind of having longevity you have many more options to go and if if you are like not focusing on that you are picking up skills like your j2e or like i mean you're picking up a java or like you kind of when you come out you're just kind of totally lost today right i mean because java itself has a big branch of services around like you have yeah and Hadoop, you have a yes a web technology framework so again yeah. for a fresher it's very difficult yeah, to, yeah. i agree and uh, even you go on a particular stack you said like if i go to uh, big data there are like e- equal amount of offering on big data by like in a python stack you have a java stack you have a node stack and you have like and each one of these services organization will have one customer coming in from each of these stacks yeah, it's very difficult uh, yeah. for uh, freshers i mean i got lucky uh, when when i graduated or when i was in college that you know i got to know about linux user group uh, that's where i met bunch of great people uh-huh. and uh, i would say like that changed my life so i mean the whole community which we had during those days is not there anymore where like you know you would bring your uh, 
CPU just to install Debian because <laughs> we were living in a dial-up connection and, and there were like only few institutes which had their own company, Debian repo. Or, or I mean, the, 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 the ra- rapid innovation happening on each area, uh, which is like, uh, even you are like focusing on that and working on it for a year and you're not, not focusing on anywhere else and you're like completely lost for five years and you have to reskill yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's challenging, but yeah. that's how technology is moving towards. Yeah. So I, so, uh, so like you said, no, you are suggesting uh, how enterprises can just go about uh, sponsoring these events and stuff like that. And do you also see another trend like what uh, we see recently that uh, no, Wipro uh, acquired this company which was like kind of giving you a freelance coder model kind of a thing. Do, do you see that services model itself is changing actually? I mean, services... Did you get to see that acquisition? Uh, no, I'm not aware okay. of so, that. So, I, the, essentially what Wipro is trying to do is just re... Uh, I mean, to kind of change the business model of outsourcing, wherein uh, it is like in a central portal where the devs can compete for projects and it will be an independent teams which will work on that project end-to-end, actually. So, building multiple startups inside a exactly. competing environment. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. It's a very interesting model they're trying it out. I mean, and yeah, I mean, services company in India will be, are struggling and will struggle more if they are not going to innovate yeah. and, and start competing with yeah. or, or getting their developers into the same newer technology paradigm yeah and, and i also see another report wherein between cognizant infosys and uh, wipro they laid off fifty six thousand last year alone actually which is an uh, alarming number actually if you look at it right? like just trying to add all the points which are trying to say like what is the challenges for the devs uh, in working in our scenario kind of thing right? i mean if, if you are a engineer coming fresh out of college it's better like spend at least few hours in your college yeah trying to go to like you know we have udemy you have udacity you have coursera try to pick something from there i know it's very challenging because you have got so many distractions like you have college fest you have <laughs> exams to clear you have your friends you have parties but to have a better future, it's better to spend some time. Yeah, and as well, on. yeah, as well, bet on uh, something just one stack. Whether you are like true, true. Yeah, so where your where your interest. I mean, I know the world is saying multitasking, but for me, no, I'm saying one one stack. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, and like learn one particular yeah, thing. Yeah, either you master at yeah, it. Yeah, either just be a full stack developer yeah. or a mobile developer or like you, you're like kind of or going in a Python or something where. Totally, yeah. yeah. So that you will at least be get yourself familiar with all the libraries available there and what various projects are going on and stuff like that, yeah. The, the other best thing, like the change which I'm seeing now is like uh, I'm getting to interact with uh, students from tier three, tier four cities from engineering colleges uh-huh. and they are building good application, good apps and they are part of open source ecosystem. Okay. They're contributing. So... That's the beauty of open source software, you know. I mean, again, I'm talking a little bit philosophy here <laughs> on the open source side, but the beauty of open source is like, you know, uh, you don't have to... It has democratized the way yeah. development and the learning on a particular technology or stack. True. 
were done before yeah and the, the entry to the barrier has been like kind of knocked off actually i don't need to buy licenses true i don't need to buy a, a higher specific hardware uh, for deployment or i mean writing and testing and stuff like that yes absolutely so so yeah i mean things are shaping there is challenge definitely and i'm, I'm sure like on the indian scenario i hope our government with all these schemes and and the launches and the prs they will do something mm-hmm. i'm a bit hopeful let's see okay so i mean the, the one other challenge yeah i see is that uh, we are losing a lot of uh, uh, jobs which are moving out because of automation and that's going to move up higher right like yeah there, there will be high skilled jobs which will pay us at least on the similar lines to what a guy sitting in san francisco is making okay all right so we'll end the thing in the positive note then. yes uh, <laughs> and happy new year to the listeners ah same same year <laughs> and happy new year to you so. uh, same to you subu let's go get some dosa now <laughs> bye bye